An injury scare in the running back battle, plus more updates on Joe Burrow in the most scrutinized calf strain in Cincinnati history. We'll get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and you can find the show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts for your daily coverage of the Cincinnati Bengals. And we appreciate all of you who are an everyday listener in that everydayer club and all of you who make us your first listen every day. And just in case you missed it yesterday, just going to shout out something we're trying, something new that several of you got into today, and that's called Subtext, which is a subscription service that will allow you to get text directly from us. So if you were sitting at your desk at work or working, moving stuff, doing whatever you do, and, and you got a tech, some of you got a text message when Travion Williams' injury happened and you got that first notification in the moment, don't have to go check social media or anything like that. You just get the text straight to your phone. You got some other training camp observations and We'll continue to do things like that. So if you're interested in joining the Locked On Bengals subtext community, you can check out the link in the description. And James, we're going to start today as we do with a little update on Joe Burrow. Not so much to talk about today. Another stroll across the locker room, which I guess at this point is repetitive. It's old news, but he did it again. And you talked to Zach Taylor a little bit about how Joe is staying engaged while he's not out at the practices, but is doing other work instead. Yeah, join subtext slash locked on Bengals. People will remember that. Hopefully, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's uh, let's. Uh, I, I guess we should start with Joe Burrow, but they they avoided the the Travion Williams nightmare, and I actually think it would have been sort of, and, and we can go down that path, and we'll get to that in just a second. But um, yeah, Joe Burrow last year, the part that stunk, I think for him as much as as anyone, obviously, but. Just mentally, yeah, he could be in meetings, but he was pounding protein shakes and probably trying to eat as clean and yet bulk up as much as possible, which is really, really hard to do in a short amount of time. And so uh, I remember asking him what was he eating, and he said everything. And obviously he couldn't lift right away after surgery, and, and there was a lot of things he couldn't do. He's doing everything now. Like the only thing he's not doing is practicing. Wouldn't shock me if he's throwing just while sitting down. Like I, I actually, he probably is knowing Joe and I, I confirm with Zach that he is lifting. He's getting treatment regularly is able to get in the weight room and, and goes during practice to, to get extra work in there. I just know how addicted he is to the gym and like how mentally he needs that as much as is physically. Like I've talked to him about that and I, I totally get it. And uh, so that part's I think really good. Now, as far as his walk through the room, it was a different, compression sleeve today for sure than the one he had on on monday but yeah walk through had the same joe burrow swag i I don't think today i could tell that like that he wasn't going to take off running yesterday i wasn't sure like you know he looked just like he normally would today i was a little more aware of it but he also practice had just ended maybe he had just gotten treatment you never know overall though i still think that it's a, a really good sign Two shoes on, no boot, no scooter near him, no nothing. So I, I think he is in a, a good spot, and they're going to try to get him 
as uh, as close to 100% as they can before putting him back there on the practice field and hopefully 100%. Yeah, that he's walking, I think, remains to be significant. It's not new at this point, but if you didn't catch yesterday's show for whatever reason, the fact that he's walking is a promising sign in terms of the severity of the injury. If it was worse than a grade one, he's probably not walking at this point in most medical cases, I, I, I think. So that is a, a significant note, even if only from from that regard. Taylor also mentioned from a perspective of why isn't Joe out there watching practices? He's still watching tape of the practice with the team. He's still breaking down film with the team. The only thing missing, as Taylor said, is communication. And it's not really a concern for Joe Burrow, who's been calling plays in the huddle for this team in the same system for three years now. So that is good stuff on Burrow. And you mentioned Travion Williams, who went down early in practice with a lower right leg injury looks like an ankle injury, according to Zach Taylor. And then later Ian Rappaport tweeting that it's a quote, mild ankle sprain. Um, anyone who's had an ankle sprain knows that any sort of ankle sprain is an annoying injury. You, you don't think of it as necessarily something that's a huge deal. And then you try to walk and then your ankle uh, starts screaming at you and you don't want to walk anymore. So Travion Williams, uh, we'll probably have to deal with that for some period of time. And what's really unfortunate about this is, one, they needed all these guys in the RB2 battle to get the reps. And two, for Travion Williams as an individual, he was primed to have, or has, I guess I should say, the biggest opportunity to carve out a substantial role for himself in the NFL. Bigger mm -hmm. opportunity than he's ever had, really. Where there's no veteran that's clearly ahead of him, like we had with Samaj Piran in Cincinnati, for several years now it's he has a chance to go win an rb2 job or the lion's share of an rb2 job if he can go show that with pads coming on on tuesday he's going to be able to pick up the blitzers and and do his job in pass protection do his job as a running back do his job in the receiving game mm -hmm. and so really tough blow for him individually you feel for him hope he can get back out there in time to do the competing that he needs to do uh to, to get his fair shake at it and it puts more pressure on Chase Brown, Chris Evans, to step up and show that they're capable of that job. Yeah, I think th there's a few things here. One, Travion Williams was the ultimate favorite when it came to the pass protection back, much like, yeah. it, and this is my opinion, much like Jonah Williams to me is like the favorite. It, not to that degree, because certainly there's paths for Chris Evans, especially now, and Chase Brown to seize that role. But that role might not be the 40% of snaps that Samaji Piran got last year, 45. It might be 20%. And you have uh, a three-back committee. And that's kind of how I viewed it coming into camp. And so I, I still think that that's the, the most likely scenario. But you're right. It does open up the door now for a Chase Brown to, to potentially emerge. And by the way, I know this is a training camp takeaway. Chase Brown looked really, really good on Tuesday. I think it was his best practice, was running with explosion, had multiple nice runs where I was like, oh, like he's starting to see this the way that you want him to see it. And part of it might be using pads, and they're all yeah, in pads, yeah. and, and, and that part matters. And, and so does he keep that same explosion? The answer is yes in pads. So that might be part of it. But the, the other aspect of this for Travion the first thing I thought of when he went down because he was on the field for multiple minutes and it was during an individual drill they were working on ball security and this is just such a almost a warm-up period so to speak where he's not doing much it's not like he's cutting and stuff so it was really unfortunate and I thought it was more serious 
like much more serious him getting on the cart the way it looked i was just like oh no and so yeah it stinks for him but i I also think that in a way it's like, all right, well, at least we know Travion's coming back. Let's get a look at these other two guys because I think they know what they have in Travion Williams. So if there was any of these backs that could kind of afford it, it's him because I still think he makes the roster and it's it's not like he's in danger right now. Could Chris Evans explode and be Superman and change that? Or I guess Captain America is is the reference I should use maybe. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my two cents on the situation. The The... Only thing that I really disagree with out of all of that, James, is like, yeah, they know what they have in Travion Williams. I think that's probably true, but they need to see all these guys in live pass protection. And and I think that those are important reps for all of these guys, regardless of how long they've been around the team. And, and that'll probably start to be more of a factor when these preseason games come along. So if he's out for sure. two weeks, say, say it's a couple of weeks, right? And, and I'm just picking a number that still gives him a chance to get out there for some preseason games and hopefully for Washington and Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Washington and Atlanta. You, you would, you would certainly hope so that he could at least one of those games, but we'll see. And, and literally everything crossed my mind from, are we going to have to have this RB conversation again, where they go yeah. out and, and, and I'm hopefully not, you know, but that, that certainly crossed my mind for sure. They need somebody to step up in that role. And like you said, I, I think that, there was a reasonable expectation that that was going to be Travion Williams. So good news that it's not too serious, not as bad as feared when I saw the original videos, I think that you put on Twitter, James, where you could see trainers attending to him and looking at that lower right leg, just an ankle sprain, not a pleasant experience. A lot of people have had ankle sprains. You know what I'm talking about, but could have been worse. And and sounds like he has a chance to get back at some point here in the preseason. If, if things are as initially reported by, people like Ian Rappaport and, and, and it goes the way that we hope it will more to talk about with pads on. We'll get our pads on practice takeaways and also some notes on the backup quarterback competition, which I know some people are very curious about as at least one clip that I saw on Tuesday was an absolute dot from Jake Browning, like incredible throw to Jamar chase. So we'll, we'll be able to talk about that as part of this conversation coming up next. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you're going to land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It's 200 bucks you can spend on everything from betting the money line to the over, under to maybe the Reds making a World Series run. Dump, dump, dump. That would be cool, wouldn't it? all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win with FanDuel, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today, FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner, Major League Baseball. James, let's talk about these backup quarterbacks a little bit. There have been some questions that I've Tell me about this dot. Tell me about this dot because I was at the practice. What dot are you talking about? So Bengals, at Bengals, social media no, posted. I already know which one you're talking about. It is not a dot. Go ahead. So my perspective of the throw is that it's perfectly placed. So Jamar Chase is running a corner route. So it's one-on-one with Cam Taylor Britt. Top of the route about 20 yards downfield. Jamar wins the hand fighting to break leverage, to get outside. And to me, this looks 
perfect. It, it looks like it's in the only place Cam Taylor Britt can't get it from the camera angles I've seen where the ball is just over the sideline. Jamar's extending, extending his hands out over the sideline, out of bounds, gets the toe drag swag, as they say, to keep his feet in bounds in his 25-yard catch. It looks good to me. What, what, what was your view of it being there live? Because I've seen two angles that are pretty much the same angle, and it looked really good to me from both of them. No, I'm just kidding. It was his best throw of the day. I was okay. on the opposite side. So in real time, it, it was not – I was like, ugh. But, no, it, it's a pretty good throw upon further review. That said, it was the only dot. The okay. only dot we saw on either – like, this was by far the worst – like, the day where I was, like, sitting there looking out the w- window. It was raining, just thinking about Joe Burrow throwing passes. Like, that was me all practice long because outside of that throw – and you're right, upon further review, I, I just watched it again. It's like, oh, Okay. I was on the opposite side of the field. It looked like it took Jamar out of bounds in real time, especially with the way he stumbled. That said, uh, nice throw by Jake Browning. And Browning has had a pretty good camp overall. I would say he's leading this competition. So let's start there. And the second thing before I'm really critical of either of these guys and people say go sign, insert whatever quarterback, Joe Burrow's had bad training camp practices too where we're like, yeah, he was just off target today. So there we go. Disclaimer. Now that that's out of the way, these guys both struggled. I mean, Jamar had to wait. He might still be waiting on the deep ball to get there. I there there were a couple times where he had Cam beat um, DJ Turner had beat and he drew a, a holding call on Turner there uh, because because Jamar had to stop turn and was literally going to have to run backwards to get under the ball. And it's just part of its timing, part of its getting used to each other speed wise, all of those things, but. Browning was off, and I don't think Trevor Simeon looked any better today, which is – it's tougher. I get it when you're rolling with the twos and rolling with the backups. At the same time, you, you want to see flashes. Like there was one time Andre Yosevash, someone ran a wrong route. It was Andre Yosevash and Charlie Jones, and Simeon threw it to Charlie Jones on his right side, and they were like – it was like a sandwich. Defensive back, Yosevash, defensive back, Jones. And the, the one of the defensive backs nearly intercepted it, and Jones had to play DB, essentially. So I don't know what Simeon was seeing there to throw that ball, but neither guy was really on target. And uh, Reed Sinet, we'll just throw him out there. He took his first team reps. His first rep was a, a fumbled snap, which should not go over well. He did complete some passes, though. Um, so I love that you started with the positive because it set him up. Uh, I, I do think Jake Browning is winning the competition as of today. Trevor Simeon was the favorite coming into camp. I also think that's a fair statement. So what's going to be really interesting is Thursday and Friday when Simeon is with the ones. Does it look like, oh, clearly there's they've hit a different level? Because if not, I think Browning would have the edge at, you know, going into to week three of training camp. And they obviously will have plenty of opportunities. And the preseason games are going to be critically important oh, I sure. think, for, for both of them. Because for as much as we'd like to talk about what's happening in the training camp practices, and you can get a feel for what's going on at different positions, when you talk to coaches, it always comes down to, okay, we've seen it in practice. Does it translate to a live football game? And preseason is what it is, but it, it still has to show up in those preseason games. And maybe we can talk about some of the other takeaways from from the padded practice but i've also saw a number of pretty good reps for the defensive backs where i think you might be referring to one where cam taylor Britt is initially beat and the throw allows him to get back into the play and make a play on the ball and get the pass breakup which you still like to see right like you still like that 
from Cam Taylor Britt, even though he was initially beat. You can be initially beat at corner, and if you can make a play on the ball because the throw isn't perfect, then you're you're doing your good. job. It's a good play by Cam. Yeah, it was also a throw that Jake Lisko probably could throw. I mean, let's, let's it, not overestimate. It, it brought no. It brought Jamar. If we're talking about the same one, it brought Jamar back to the numbers, and he had to stop. It, it versus just keep keep running out. Yeah, and, and and go deep like, and, and again, that's a timing thing. It's tough. They're they're working it out, and I also hope that that calf is is good to go, and we never have to have this conversation, regardless of who wins the job. Today was just a reminder of that. That's all. Yeah, also an accuracy thing, right? Like with whenever you have, I yeah, he's just the, the step from Joe Burrow yeah. to any other quarterback, maybe save three in the NFL. You, you're going to notice diminish accuracy to, to pretty much all parts of the field. Jake Lisko thinks that Joe Burrow is the fourth best quarterback in the NFL. Subscribe to Substack for more takes. Oh, this is not you the about, way we sell a product. You're about to get oh. crushed, Jake. <laughs> Jake is about, if you want to sound off on Jake, you can send him messages now on Substack. <laughs> all I'm saying is that there's some quarterbacks who you wouldn't notice a drastic accuracy difference Man. between Joe Burrow. Jake Lisko called called Joe Burrow Joe Dalton. This just in. Okay, I'm not. I mean, come on. What are what are we doing? Uh, let's talk about some other t- some other standouts here. Pads are on. Eyes are in the trenches. Jonah Williams back with the ones for the first padded practice. That I think balls are floating in the air, just waiting also, for Cam Taylor Britt to bat him down. <laughs> Yeah, but we can talk about the trenches. That that's like the whole thing when pads come on is is trench play. And I don't know, maybe they put a moratorium on you guys sending out recording clips of seven on sevens and eleven on elevens today because there was hardly any of that on, no, on the socials. I just, but I just haven't put them out. I, I know you were there and you can talk about what you saw. So we'll, we'll I, I have them. So yeah. Right. We'll finish there coming up next. Let's take a look at the tape, Jake. No, I'm just kidding. Well, we're not necessarily going to do that. But it was a Jonah Williams day at right tackle. JW. And this is the line. Week one, barring something unforeseen. Uh, I, again, I'm, I'm very bullish on this. I think it's a really solid Bengals line. If you have Jonah Williams at right tackle, Brown at left tackle, and the interiors, obviously, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Cordell Volson. I like what I've seen from Volson so far. Pads-wise, I think they held their own. Now, did they get beat at times? Of course. Sam Hubbard got his a bit. Uh, Joseph Osai as well. Trey Hendrickson was limited, is how I would give his designation. Was out there for a bit and then went to the rehab field. I think he's fine. They're just kind of taking it slow with him, making sure it doesn't become an issue. But overall, yeah, I think we – we're seeing this Bengals offensive line come together a bit. And I, I think there's a clear difference between what I've seen from Jonah Williams, this camp and Jackson Carmen. And today kind of backs that up because we've seen multiple Carmen days with the ones. And then just seeing Jonah today, like the quarterbacks were bad today, but I don't think that's offensive line related. I think that was quarterback related. Jonah Williams getting his chance with pads on first. I'm sure we'll obviously see, at least a little bit of Jackson Carmen in pads with the ones. I don't think that they're going to stop the rotation imminently. I think that is still something that they're going to let play out as a competition, especially as Jonah Williams is working back from injury. They have 
given him rest at times. As we've mentioned, I think it was the third day of training camp when Jackson Carmo was with the ones. It was just essentially a rest day for Jonah Williams where he wasn't working with the twos. He was just taking a, a limited practice uh, as we discussed uh, with, with Trey Hendrickson. Any other big changes that you notice, James, with the pads coming on and as things kind of step up a level, at least the way DJ Reader and Ted Karras and Zach Taylor all talked about it, expecting intensity changes and, and kind of tone changes with the ability to get a little bit more physical? Well, we saw one-on-ones, which I think, and, and that's what you're talking about, by the way, with the Jamar play. That was a one-on-one play. Um, and and I, I today focused on cornerbacks and wide receivers. So just to be clear, Charlie Jones, he's fast as bleeping pads. That dude, he won every one-on-one rep against multiple different corners. So love seeing that. Had ni- a, a couple of nice catches during the team period as well. Um I, I did notice, I'm trying to think here, Cam Sample had a few nice rushes. So that stood out because we we know what he did towards the end of last year. So you're hoping Cam Sample and Joseph Osai can both take a step forward. And so that would be a positive thing to see. A lot of people are asking about Miles Murphy, and he's in the mix. There's no doubt. I think he did some some nice things today. I was trying to pay a little more attention to him, even though he's just kind of buried on that depth chart. But, uh, you know, he's... Size, speed, all of those things. I think he's just learning a bit uh, about how to adjust to life in the NFL, but he's all right. The other guy that a lot of people have asked about, uh, or tandem rather, is Dax Hill, Nick Scott. Mm -hmm. Those guys are obviously, they've been out there with the ones. It's been very consistent. Nick Scott had a nice pass breakup today. So there you go. There's your safety update on one side. And the other with Dax, and you and I have talked about this. I don't know if you had on the pod. It's it's hard to like tell in coverage what when the safety is supposed to be where and what the responsibilities are. It's not as easy as like looking at the cornerbacks most of the time. But just throughout camp, I've noticed Dex, he seems to be like a handoff to Joe Mixon. He's there and would be in line to make the tackle. Or there's a pass here, Dax is around it. Or There hasn't been any like game-changing like interceptions for either guy. But I feel like that they're they're progressing in the right direction. So – Overall, I think the safety room is fine. I, 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 they haven't shocked the world with eight interceptions, but they also haven't gotten beat for, for eight touchdowns either, if that makes sense. Yeah, is there anything on Jordan Battle? I think that's the other safety name that, that people were curious about. Just sit nothing, no, Yeah, nothing really. You know, you know, I don't think he's – I think they're really trying to play these two guys and get them, mm-hmm. get them used to each other with the ones. Obviously, Battle's been out there. It's the same, really, for all these safeties. Like they're out there, they're have not that I've seen any kind of crazy plays one way or the other. And there really wasn't. Like Bell, Von Bell would have an interception here and there. Now I remember Jesse Bates forced Jamar Chase to fumble as a rookie, but it's not like those guys were making crazy plays during camp either. And so it's tough. I, I don't think the Bengals are worried about the safety room. I do think that they want Scott and Dax to get as many reps together as possible. Which. At this point, it's early still in camp, so we'll see, right? But given the change in personnel and safety, maybe that douses a little bit of the idea of some of the safety rotation stuff we talked about, some Mm -hmm. of the three safety stuff that we've talked about as a potential possibility. Because Jordan Battle, for all the football acumen that he has coming from being a multi-year starter for Nick Saban and doing a lot of different things in that defense and being praised by various teammates and coaches throughout the process from the draft up until even today, Dan Horde tweeting 
uh, a Mike Thomas quote praising Jordan Battle's football IQ. Despite mm-hmm. all those things, the NFL game is different. There is an adapting period, and not everybody can be Jesse Bates and come win a job as a rookie and and surprise people that way. So I don't think that it's necessarily and he shouldn't and he shouldn't win the job. Like if I don't know if Bates would come in and be able to win this job as a rookie. I mean, maybe, but it's different when you bring – it's not like George Iloka had just gotten here. They yeah. brought Nick Scott in for a reason. Like, they drafted Dax right. for a reason. So, it's – that part's tough. Like, I don't think that should necessarily be anyone's expectation for Jordan Battle. Yeah, it's just – I'm reflecting on earlier off-season conversations sure. that we had. Yeah. and we, we, we were speculating about different things, partially because we didn't know Nick Scott was nursing an injury at the time when Jordan battle was on the field in some of those off season programs until we did know. And, and then that made a little bit of sense. Um, Tanner Hudson. I feel like I ask about Tanner Hudson every day at this point. Nice catch in one-on-ones over Jermaine Pratt. Do you think he's, I think, man, I have to talk to some people about him just to make sure that my line of thinking, but yeah, he's made some plays. So, so are you thinking Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Tanner Hudson? It wouldn't shock me, put it that way. It would not shock me. Mitch Wilcox, still not back, still on the pup list. Mm-hmm. So that certainly deserves watching. Devin Asiasi, more of a blocker. We'll see. I, I think the way Hudson makes it, he's got to show the special teams and he's got to show that he can block. And if yeah. he's comfortable doing those things, he is a better pass catcher than Devin Asiasi. I'm comfortable saying that. And, uh, and he's Dan got the Horton. size, by the way. It's not like he's small. And, and Dan Horb pointing out that he's working on his long snapping. The Bengals, after week one last year, preparing for <laughs> that scenario to recur. Uh, any other takeaways you want to hit here from from Thursday's practice? No, no, not really. I, I think that's that's about it. Training camp rolling on. I think the Bengals have a ton of talent, and uh, it's been a good camp so far. Just. Uh, just keep uh, getting that treatment, Joe. That's all. I'm looking forward to being at the next practice. And, you know, we can we can split duties a little bit, strategically watch different things. That's what I'm excited for. That, that's one of the things I'm most excited for, being in there, see, seeing the practices in person is the ability to say, like, all right, I'm going to watch this unit today. And I'm going to really tunnel vision on on something. And, and it allows us to split our focus, I think, a little bit better and hopefully cover a little bit more ground. You better, you better bring your binoculars because if they're practicing on that far field, it might be hard for you to see. Do people just own binoculars? I mean, I do, but it's for football when you're at yeah. games to see down because right. some of these stadiums are crazy. Like you can't, they put the press box next to Jesus and, you know, Mary and Joseph. So it's, uh, it's tough. That's how high they are, by the way. That was a heaven reference for those wondering. Mm hmm. I don't own binoculars. I feel like people here only own binoculars if they're birders. I could give you. I could give you mine. I'm gonna be the guy in binocul guy guy looking through birders. binoculars on the stands. Yeah, yeah, that's normal for media. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Tomorrow we've got a training camp mailbag for you. Plus, I mentioned this in yesterday's show. We talked with Dr. Brandon Bowers, doctor of physical therapy about what Joe Burrow's rehab might look like. And we'll have that for you tomorrow as well. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to this episode of the Blacktown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one.